It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett. This is episode number 64 of the podcast. And today, we're going to react to the 49ers Week 16 loss versus the Titans a little bit. going to preview the Niners Week 17 matchup against the Texans. But most importantly today, we are going to discuss what in the world is going on with the San Francisco 49ers quarterback position. It's been the talk of the town all season, went dormant there for about two months, but has kind of creeped up out of nowhere, and this all starts in Tennessee, right? Uh, This is a game that I think many of us thought this team should have won, and by all means, they should have won the game, Uh, but this was, I don't want to say the only game this year, but it is the one that stands out the most in regards to the game that really solely relies or solely is the quarterback's play fault. Like Jimmy Garoppolo may not have been the sole reason they lost, but he was numero uno on that list. Two picks, a couple bad throws, missed check wide open on the sideline. Uh, And, you know, as the future progressed, as where we are now being December 29th, we now know some things about that game we didn't know before, know some context regarding some of the throws Grappolo made. Now, how big of an impact did the context actually change? Who knows? But here we are. We are now going into Week 17. We are post the Titans Thursday night trip. We are post Christmas. And by the way, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And I guess, technically, Happy New Year. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you ate all the ham. People have tri-tip or I've heard crab. Uh, my, my girlfriend's family does tamales or tamales. <laughs> Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, but I hope it was a wonderful time. Uh, I had a great Christmas. The presents, the family. Uh, I watched the new James Bond movie. It wasn't that good. But besides that, uh, let's get back on track here with the Niners and Titans. Um, this game again, like I said, was the one game this year where I can point to and go, yeah, that one's on Jimmy. Just Jimmy, right? Uh, The defense played very well. Now, the third down conversion rate for Tennessee was just insane how awful we were on third down. But again, you can attribute that to playing, you know, soft zone again. We saw it against the Bengals, right? A, A good enough passing team that has good enough weapons late in the game, able to uh, exploit soft zone coverage. Uh, Atlanta couldn't do it, not as an efficient passing game as Cincinnati and Tennessee are, and and Tennessee, just like Cincinnati late in the game, was able to exploit soft zone coverage, and it came back to bite San Francisco, especially on third down. Uh, But, besides that, that really shouldn't have been a factor, right? We know this. It's been two weeks pretty much since then. Uh, Jimmy shouldn't have thrown two picks. 
And the reason why I'm starting in Tennessee, which the game is technically a little old, is because that's kind of where the story starts, right? And the first pick Jimmy threw, I didn't love it, obviously. It was a bad pick. Jimmy played awful in the game. Like, Jimmy G looked awful. The first drive was great, right? We're all thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. We can go up 17-0, go up 14-0, put this team away early, right? Then Jimmy throws that pick in the red zone to Kittle, which... Look, should he have thrown it? No. Was Kittle open? No. But, and not to defend Jimmy by any means, it's not, it's not a defense of Jimmy Garoppolo. What this is, is a, I would rather have you target, arguably, besides Debo Samuel, your best receiving weapon in one-on-one coverage and throw a pick in the red zone. At least you're force-feeding that top guy. It's not like he was trying to throw to Dante Pettis or Jawan Jennings or or Mohamed Sanu, he was force-feeding one of your top targets. But again, that pick was kind of a gut punch in the red zone, a wasted opportunity to, I don't want to say put Tennessee away, but at least inch closer to that uh, that that line. And so we go into the second half, and again, now we know after the sack from uh, Demeco Autry that Jimmy has a UCL tear, or at least a UCL ligament issue going on currently. There's some uh, maybe some difference of reporting going on there between Schefter and Rappaport and Shanahan and Kroppo themselves, but we know now Jimmy had a thumb injury, right? Uh, Jimmy didn't say too much about it and kind of wanted to keep it low-key per himself. He said, you know what? Uh, I, I kind of don't want to let this get out. Now, let's dive into that a little bit, right? We know if Jimmy goes down... Who's coming in? We know it's Trey Lance, right? And we also know that the last thing Garoppolo wants is for Trey Lance to come in and steal an opportunity from him. Because uh, had Lance come in against Tennessee and, and killed it, while it may not change too much of the quarterback position, it, it could open a door. And Garoppolo's in a position where he doesn't want the door opening. Now, I'm of the thinking that Garoppolo missing a half or even a game itself isn't going to change uh, the outlook of the quarterback position itself, but you never know. It happened to Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, uh, and with Shanahan and this fan base and this team going into the playoffs, the last thing you want is to have ulterior media coverage, rather than just you win, you lost. The last thing you want is a quarterback controversy going into the playoffs or week 17 and 18, but alas, here we are. Going back to the Titans game, which is where, where we were at, Jimmy's second pick to me was the worst of the two. It was the one that you said, oh, like, the, at least the interception to Kittle was in the red zone. It, was on your, it wasn't on your side of the field, uh, and nothing big came from that. But the second INT was on your side of the field. It gave Tennessee a chance to tie the game up, or at least inch closer to that score. And lo and behold, they do, and they eventually hold off to go win that game. Uh, and the Niners fall 8-7. Eight, eight, eight to seven. And now here we are. People are questioning Jimmy, and while I'm not going to question Jimmy's status as starting quarterback, I'm going to be blunt with you. That was the worst Jimmy we have seen all year. Worse than first half against the Packers. Worse than the Colts game. Worse than we've seen all season. Arguably the worst game we've seen since Dolphins 2020, Jimmy. Uh, 
And yeah, maybe the thumb plays a factor in it. Garoppolo said he had to change his his throwing motion and his mechanics. And I understand those things do come into play. Uh, as someone who has sprained his thumbs many times, you can play through that pain. Adrenaline does exist, but it does affect how you play. It still hurts. It does, again, it does affect how you throw the ball. But again, Jimmy, awful against the Titans. But that leads us to now, to this week, because as my chair creaks, apologies. <laughs> um, that leads us to this week because the last week and a half has been a whirlwind of emotions, right? It, it's really been a case of this, the fan base in, I don't want to say the team, but the fan base itself and the media conversation around this team, this franchise, the quarterback position has kind of reverted back to what it was in training camp in OTAs. Should Trey start? When should Trey start? Lance needs to start right now. Jimmy should be benched. He stinks. And it's funny to me how one bad game, and let's be clear, a very bad game from Jimmy, has has opened the floodgates to that conversation re-entering the limelight. And it isn't to say that we can't criticize Jimmy, because we can criticize Jimmy. When Jimmy plays bad... Criticize Jimmy. When Trey Lance plays bad, plays bad, excuse me. Criticize Lance. When Kittle and Debo and Norman and Mosley and Verrett and, and Warner and Bosa, when those guys play bad, criticize them. That's the point of being a fan and and someone who has a podcast and, and wanting to know more about this team and covering this team. But Christmas came a little early for the the Lance fan base, or let's say the anti Jimmy fan base, because I am technically part of that Lance fan base. Uh, we had Twittergate. We had Twittergate. <laughs> um, John Lynch on Christmas Eve, he likes a tweet that he was tagged in saying, uh, let's leave Jimmy in Tennessee. Now, likely a joke tweet saying, God, Jimmy was awful. Let's, let's, let's leave in Tennessee. Well, the whole fan base, including myself, was like, uh, John, what are you doing? Like, um, you, you, you might want to delete that <laughs> because whenever a GM openly criticizes a quarterback or really any player for that means, it likely means either that player's on the crap list, uh, to keep it PG, the naughty list for Christmas time. And in regards to Shanahan in the doghouse, that's what it means. And so the whole fan base is, you know, going insane. Like some people are cheering, saying, "Finally, Jimmy's done." And some fan base, part of the fan base, is like, "Why?" <laughs> like it has to be fake. Which then opened the other door, which is the conspiracy theorist door. And this has to be just one of the most craziest things because John Lynch came out afterwards and said, "Look." Uh, I was in mass. Now, for what it's worth, don't act like you don't set your fantasy lineup at 9.30 in the morning in church. I've done it before, okay? <laughs> We're all guilty here. It happens. But to think that out of all things that could happen, it's that. It just adds on to this crazy week that's been this quarterback conversation again. Uh, John Lynch did, said he, did say he called Jimmy Garoppolo and explained it was an accident. Uh, and Garoppolo was like, don't worry about it, like, it's fine. Because <laughs> Jimmy really, again, 
having this whole cloud above his head the entire year in the offseason has dealt with this thing almost to perfection, right? Uh, but let's talk about this injury because we talked about how bad the Tennessee game was and how that led to, just from a play perspective, fans saying, Jesus, Jimmy, you sucked at least this week, and part of the fan base saying, we need to bench you now. But that leads us to the, when we found out the injury occurred against Tennessee. On Monday, following Christmas, on Sunday, we then see that, no, oh, well, Jimmy's absent from practice today. And many of us thought, oh, Jimmy had a long Christmas day. He's from Chicago. Maybe he was back home with the family. Maybe Shanahan was like, you know what? Just take an extra day. Your quarterback won. Take a day. But that wasn't the case at all. In fact, in my opinion, for a team in a playoff run, in a game this week where they can clinch a playoff berth and maybe even the sixth seed, if the Eagles lose and the Saints lose and San Francisco wins, this is the biggest game of the year and this is arguably one of the worst things that can happen from an all-encompassing context of play on the field, media conversations, and now quarterback controversy. So the initial reports was it's a thumb fracture. Uh, he might miss some time. Not sure how long. He'll try to play this week. And then Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport escalate this thing. Oh, it's a UCL tear in his thumb. He has a bone fracture. It's it's more serious than Shanahan was talking about. And like the whole fan base said, oh my god. <laughs> so then it's Lance. And then it's Jimmy. And who's playing? And then we're back to square one again where it's like people are saying, well, it looks like Lance will start on Sunday against the Texans. And then today we get some more context. And this is why I waited so long to do a podcast, because context is everything. Everything. Context can give you a more accurate depiction of history, or the story in front of you. It can lead to less conspiracy theories being thrown out there on Twitter, or in the ether of Niner's uh, fandom. Because... Some people out there, many of them who have a large enough audience to impact and influence many other people, were like, Jimmy's not hurt, it's all fake, uh, I, I think it's all conspiracy, and I kid you not, and again, no disrespect to this person, they are a good friend, I got a text saying, I think, not me being I, myself, but this person said, I think it's fake, it's all fishy. There's no way he's actually hurt. I think Shanahan's done with Jimmy. I think it's over with. I think it's an excuse to bench Jimmy Garoppolo. And while this next comment is not directed to that person, more to the entirety of that conversation, shut up, okay? When you ask, and this is for any debate or any uh, topic of conversation, Sometimes when someone starts talking a little crazy and doesn't make sense to you, if you just ask them basic questions, it makes their entire argument unfold. So I asked, why would Shanahan bench Jimmy when the team went 6-3 and three in their last nine games, are one win away from clinching a playoff spot, and he hasn't played Lance since, what, week 8 against the Cardinals? Week, week 7 against the Cardinals? Whatever that week was again. It's been a long time. <laughs> Like, why? 
So Shanahan, who admitted to himself that I couldn't balance two quarterbacks, waited for Garoppolo to have one bad game in the last eight-game stretch where he had the best QBR. And let's be clear here, QBR isn't the end-all be-all, but Jimmy was playing his best ball since 2019. Teams are rolling. The train is rolling down the tracks. Full go-ahead, full speed ahead. Again, one game away from clinching, and Shanahan waited till the last second, the second-to-last game of the year, for Garoppolo to have a bad game and then go, ah, I'm going to bench you now. What? Like, every conspiracy theory, while maybe in the world there are some truth to them, <laughs> or at least maybe they are, they have some facts sprinkled around them, like this one being... Shanahan likely doesn't trust Jimmy. That may be a fact. There, We talked about on this podcast with Matt Barrows, that likely could have been the case. But to, to think, because as those who think Shanahan's a good head coach, I, of course, think that. What good head coach, and this is an honest question to you, for those people who believe that this is a fake injury, which now we know is not, or those of you who initially believe it's all fake, why would a good head coach bench his quarterback, his starting quarterback, for a rookie quarterback who hasn't played in over 10 weeks in a game where they can clinch a playoff spot after admitting he could not balance preparing two starting quarterbacks? There's a reason we haven't seen Trey Lance for two months. Part of that is Jimmy's play itself, you know, elevating when needed. And the other part is because Shanahan couldn't do it. Shanahan couldn't deal with Lance and Jimmy and prepping them as QB1 for each week. He needed to focus on one quarterback at a time. Because that's how the NFL works. But it's all conspiracy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fake injury, huh? Well, now here we are, and now we have more context. Because we're our Twitter fingers are so quick, we have to... Oh, it's all fake! It's all fake! No, it's not all fake. Just shut up, sit down, and wait for more information. People are too quick to hop on videos on YouTube or, or do live feeds because uh, we just got some breaking news. And then they go out there and they spew a bunch of crap and they have no idea what they're talking about. And the next day, their entire conversation becomes relevant. Irrelevant, because half the things they said were based on things that were incorrect or only part of the picture. Today, Shanahan said Jimmy Garoppolo does not have a technically a fracture in his thumb. But the the structure of the bone is not compromised. It's not broken, technically. It isn't listed as a fracture because the bone is still intact. Now, there is a grade 3 sprain, which could mean Jimmy might need 3 to 5 weeks. That likely means there is a tear of the UCL in his right throwing thumb. There is a bone chip in his thumb. It's not like Drew Brees' injury. It's not like Russell Wilson's injury. Jimmy's The severity of his thumb will not make him miss a playoff game. At least from as we know right now. And in fact, Shanahan said 
He will not even need surgery. His season is not over from, again, what we know now. He may not play this week, and we will talk about who should play this Sunday against the Texans. And it's more likely Garoppolo comes back week 18 if the Niners have not yet clinched their playoff spot being the sixth seed, or if they even care about seeding in regards to any of that stuff. If they win this week and the Saints lose, they may rest every single player on the team in Week 18 against the Rams. Because that game is pretty much meaningless unless Shanahan cares about getting that six seed sewn up. But now we know the injury is not fake. And all the context in the world and logical questions will point out that it never was. And to think that, you have to be a freaking Looney Tune. Why in the world would this organization open the door to faking injuries? Does that mean Garoppolo's injury last year was fake? Many people thought that. They were wrong. Now, there was a conversation of Shanahan and Garoppolo and team doctors and agents as to whether the severity of the injury was agreed upon. Of course there was. We know that. Matt Barrow said that to us on this very podcast in the offseason. But this team would be foolish to even open that door because if they were faking injuries, that is an internal investigation the NFL would then open up against them. What's the last thing you want as an organization? Oh, that's right. To be the Washington football team. To be the Cleveland Browns. To be the Dolphins or the Saints that have external investigations against them from the NFL itself and the PA. You think Shanahan, for the genius he is, right? John Lynch, who they run a pretty sewn-up, sewn-tight organization. Why would they open themselves up to that? That means there'll be firings, suspensions, but, oh no, Jimmy, it's a mistake. Shut up, man. Or in, in the case, one man, whatever you may be, just shut up. You're wrong. Stop spreading that crap on Twitter. It's just a dumb conversation. A dumb conversation. It makes no sense. There is no truth in it whatsoever. People are like, well, Garoppolo can hold a water bottle in the post game. Must mean it's fake. Yeah, and guess what? You can do... People have played through torn meniscus. I have played sports through a torn meniscus. Not for a game, for three months. Adrenaline is one heck of a natural drug your body creates. People didn't want to hear that at all. No, he but he held a bottle of water after the game and must mean it's the injury is fake. No, or he's a pro athlete who takes care of his body and is getting paid $28 million and works in a, a top-class organization that has good team doctors and good training, despite there may be the injury history the organization has had, they can take care of a player. They can ice it. They can inject something into his thumb post-game when you don't see anything behind closed doors. If it would just stop speculating, you would actually open your ears, you can learn something. And this isn't directed towards the listeners, it's really not. It's more so venting of frustration towards the fan base, I just want to open their eyes and ears for once. You guys are extremely smart. You are one of the 
best and worst fan bases in the league because you're so smart and sometimes you're too smart for your own good. <laughs> and I'm included in that. And sometimes we want to know every single thing. We want to have every single fact laid out. And as someone who went to school for journalism, they teach you, follow your leads, right? And there's nothing wrong with asking questions. But you have to ask the right questions to the right people. Not just throw things out there and run with it. That got me in a little trouble this offseason. We know that story. And I can admit that up front. I, I was wrong. But we need to start holding people accountable when they start doing this stuff. This isn't about, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. The whole point is, is that people believe this stuff. And then it opens the floodgates for conspiracy theories out there, and then it then divides the fan base even further. Like in journalism school, they tell you, your lead can only take you so far, and sometimes you reach a dead end. And guess what? You gotta let it go. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we live in a world, and at a time in this organization, in the season with the fan base and the quarterbacks, where every dead end somehow leads to a someone creating their own path or their own lead that branches off into seven different directions, and then that somehow becomes fact, or that becomes a rumor. Oh, I heard this. Well, you can hear whatever you want. Doesn't mean you're right. Like, I've heard plenty of things. You know, and actually, I'll tell you this. I heard that this team, this Niners team, post-2019, wanted to pay DeForest Buckner, wanted to pay Eric Armstead, and actually thought about trading George Kittle and signing Austin Hooper instead. Now, do you you see and hear how insane that is? Insane that is. Now... There may be logical ties. Hooper was a Falcon while Shanahan was there, had success there. But do you understand how insane that sounds? This team, from what I heard, and I believe it has to be one of the most incorrect and dumbest things I've ever heard, that this team wanted to trade George Kittle in order to pay Austin Hooper big money and re-sign DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. Come on. Just because you hear something doesn't mean it's true. And I beg you to ask yourself who you're hearing it from and to sit back sometimes. Sometimes the truth reveals itself to you. You don't even have to search it out. It just happens. But that brings us to this conversation. Who should start on Sunday? Can Jimmy play? He was limited in practice today. In fact... Not practice, excuse me. The Niners today, Garoppolo did not practice. Al Shire didn't practice. Hufanga didn't practice. Hurst didn't practice. All due to injury. Garoppolo had a small warm-up, walked off the field, uh, and they'll try it again tomorrow, which will then be Thursday, December 30th. Uh, DJ Jones was limited alongside Elijah Mitchell, who looks like to, or at least Shanahan hopes to get him back this week. And Trey Sermon... He's good to go. He should be back off the IR and and active this Sunday against the Texans. But going back to Garoppolo. Who should start? Lance or Jimmy G? And 
really, this this isn't a hard question to answer, right? And if instantly you say, well, Jimmy G or Trey Lance, I would ask you to, and maybe you have a valid reason as to why you think that, but I implore you to re-examine the question and answer this way. Whichever quarterback gives them the best chance to win. That has been my answer to every single quarterback controversy this team has had. Whether it was the insane one of Nick Mullins and Jimmy G, or it was Trey Lance or Jimmy G, whichever quarterback gives them the best chance to win. I was of the idea that Jimmy G gave this team the best chance to win this year simply because that was a plan Shanahan and Lynch and York had laid out to the fan base, to us, to themselves, to the team. They obviously told Trent Williams something when they gave him big money as to what their plan was. I'm assuming it's the one they're enacting right now. Now, on Sunday against the Texans, if Jimmy can't play and he's like a 75% of himself, start Trey Lance. A healthy Lance is likely better than a 75% Jimmy G. He can do more things with his legs. He has a, a at least good arm strength <laughs> that is superior to Garoppolo. Now, the accuracy sometimes is a little lacking. We know this. You see the practice throws. Watch him against the Cardinals. There were some throws he missed high. A little amped up. Rookie things. Rookie mistakes. Those are going to happen. And against a team like Houston, no matter which QB they start, the game plan doesn't change. That's the one thing I don't like about the conversation is people act like they're going to get Mahomes on Sunday if it's Lance. Now, we all hope he turns out to be that kind of quarterback, obviously. But... Let's stop acting like we have Mahomes just sitting there off the bench. Like, sometimes it feels like part of the fan base who, and I do not blame them by any means of wanting to see Trey Lance. Deep down in all of our hearts, we all want to see Trey Lance unless you didn't want to draft him in the first place. I want to see Trey Lance. Who doesn't? I wanted to draft a guy, and well, I can sit back and say, we'll start Jimmy while you can, and you know, trade him in the offseason, do what you want with him, and enact the plan you have set in place. As someone who likes Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to see Trey Lance. Man, I, I was saying that if they lost the Bears game, play Lance the rest of the year. But now we're here, and Garoppolo's hurt, and if Garoppolo isn't what he needs to be on Sunday, isn't healthy enough to be himself... Start Lance. But here's the thing. Even if you start Lance, the game plan does not change one bit. The Texans. They are the worst team in the NFL in rushing yards per attempt. They give up the most yards per attempt. They are the 25th ranked team against the run. Teams... Teams have the 8th highest rushing success rate against them. Whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance, I would expect a very Rams-Niners Monday Night Football-esque style of game. Whether they're running the ball 40 plus times, 36 plus times, asking Lance or Jimmy, I would assume Lance, 
to execute on third down. Maybe hit a chunk play here or there. Don't get outside of the offense, but have a very simplistic Kyle Shanahan style of offense. Like, this really isn't that hard of a conversation to have, right? It really isn't. Like, when you take it the bare bones and take your emotion out of it, because sometimes emotion can shroud factual information. It's happened to all of us. Emotion is what makes us stubborn as people. I'm a stubborn person. I can admit that wholeheartedly. It has caused me to have many arguments in my life, my stubbornness has. But looking back, if I remove the stubbornness, I can go, oh, okay. And maybe in those times I'm still right, but in some of those times I'm still wrong, and either way, it can allow me, when I remove the emotion, to look at something with a more clear view. Of, oh, okay. This is the clear picture of how it should have panned out, or how it needed to go, or how it should go. On Sunday... I don't care who you wanted to draft. I don't care where your allegiance lies. The quarterback that should start on Sunday is a quarterback that gives the Niners the best chance to be the Texans. Now, you may have your idea of who that is, and you you may want to play Jimmy or want to play Lance, but let's be clear here. That doesn't matter. The only answer to that question is whoever gives them the best chance to win. And that's the same answer I would give you if it was for cornerbacks or safeties or defensive linemen or receivers. It doesn't matter. Winning is all that matters. Mike Finn, he was on this podcast a while ago. Uh, On Twitter, he was Ice Cream Judas. We all love Mike on Twitter, right? He told me, stats are for losers. Just win. That is the only thing that matters. Now, people can argue, well, you can win ugly and win pretty and you can win a blowout or you can lose by 30. A loss is a loss, a win is a win. Had San Francisco come back and beat Tennessee and were 9-6, and six, this entire conversation, even if Jimmy was still hurt, had a thumb injury, is a little different. Had San Francisco held off Tennessee late in that game, scored another touchdown and won that game, This entire conversation is different. Winning fixes everything. It fixed it in Chicago when the trajectory of the team was in the dumps. It tanked it against Seattle in Seattle when we lost in an awful primetime game or should have been primetime game. And it picked it right back up against the Bengals. And now it's back in the trash because of Titans. It doesn't matter though. Who's starting? Just play the quarterback who wins or who gives you the best chance to win. But now we have to ask ourselves and let's uh, let's appease the conspiracy theory audience because they're out there. The truth is out there. Right? To quote my X-File fans. Sorry, I'm a nerd. Um, George Kittle said today on 95.7 The Game, Demon Arado, uh, it was Sean Salisbury and I believe Ray Rado filling in today. Uh, George Kittle said uh, there's a long way to go, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo will play on Sunday. That's my expectation. Well, well, I don't. Well, that's it's not what the fan base said. It's not what Twitter doctors said. Can Jimmy open a water bottle? Uh, well, uh, well, 
And let's be clear here. Kittle also said that Shanahan's not going to ask him who should play. It's just him knowing Jimmy better than any of us do. The the fighter in Jimmy. And this kind of opens the door to a bigger conversation of... Uh, because I, 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 I do think this Niners team is kind of at an impasse. And... Because now where we're at in the season, again, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it opens that door to the whole Smith and Kaepernick kind of handing off for the quarterback position. We saw it with Harbaugh in 2011, 2012, right? Smith plays well, one of the best years of his career, uh, has a concussion, Cap takes his job and never gives it back, right? And they go on a playoff run, and it's just a magical year, right? Yeah. Well, that has many of us, including myself, at least it opens that door to a conversation of, what what if Lance does play well against the Texans? And it opens that door. Just a little bit. You know, to quote the doctor from High My Mother, just a little bit. And let's say they win 28 to 10, right? And Lance has 285 yards, and he's efficient on third down. He has a 65% comp percentage. He has a couple touchdowns. He runs for like 45 yards. He looks like what you want a third overall pick to look like. Well, then you go into the Rams game thinking, well, let's say Jimmy's 85%, 90% healthy. You likely start Jimmy. But what if they clinch on Sunday against the Texans? And not just clinch a playoff berth, but what if the Eagles lose? And the Saints lose, and the Niners clinch the sixth seed, and they have no room to maneuver to the fifth seed. What if Shanahan goes, oh, just, just rest up, guys? I don't think he'll do that, but what if he does, right? This is Marvel's What If, <laughs> a Niners edition. <laughs> what if he does that? And Lance plays well again against what is a playoff defense. Now, let's be clear here the Rams. If not, having already clinched up a divisional win, they could be resting players as well. But if they aren't, and Lance, you know, kind of plays all against a good Rams defense, a playoff caliber defense, and then you look at it and go, oh, well, well Lance has kind of has a hot hand right now. Who should we play? Well, then Kyle Shanahan is Jim Harbaugh. This is... Even more so than it was in week 8, or week 10, or week 12. This right here is the biggest chance for Trey Lance to take over the starting quarterback job. Just based off of the position of the team in its current state. If they clinch, if they want to rest players, this is Lance's best opportunity to prove himself to the team, its roster, his teammates, and Shanahan that he's ready. Fred Warner said he's dicing up the defense in practices in scout team. Now, Warner did say that Lance has taken big steps of improvement after Warner was like, dude, stop playing so conservative. Take chances, make mistakes, don't be afraid to do that stuff. And Lance, since then, has turned the dial up and is playing a lot better. Again, he's dicing the defense up. A fairly good Niners defense. So, this is Lance's golden opportunity. 
because there is a small crack in the door. A very small crack, but it's still there, and all it takes is two games. A short stint of really good play to make that door and that window open much wider. Now, do I think that happens? I don't. But many of us thought that Smith wouldn't get benched and that Smith was the right option to go forward. But if Lance shows off against the Texans and Jimmy can't play against the Rams, albeit this is a very long two weeks away, Lance has his golden opportunity, his best chance since week seven. Since week six. This is Lance's golden opportunity this year to take the reins and to a certain degree captivate this fan base that hasn't bought into him yet. Let's be clear here. Despite us wanting to give him the opportunity to give him a chance, he has to prove that still. The Cardinals game didn't prove that. The one half against Seattle didn't prove that. Preseason doesn't prove that. And against the Texans, that's still not going to be enough to prove that. It may win a couple people over to believe in him again, or believe in him initially. Which I already do, I think he can be a great quarterback. But this is now about proving himself to his teammates. That he can play starting quarterback in the league. Not only against the Texans, that's the first stepping stone. But he has to clean up things. Stop missing high go through his progressions a little slower, right? Jimmy's a one-read quarterback, pretty much. Uh, There are times where he does excel at going through his reads, obviously, but Lance seemed like the game was maybe a little too fast, but I guess too slow, essentially, because he was going through his reads so slow. It was hike, uh, run, hike, uh, run. Because he was going through his reads and he was taking sacks, holding the ball too long. There was indecisiveness. Clean that up against Houston. Show what you've been learning in practice and scout team, which he has been learning. Despite the masses saying he hasn't. That's where Garoppolo learned. It's where plenty of other quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, learned. It happened. That's where Mahomes learned. <laughs> That's the way it goes. And so on Sunday, I would lean Trey Lance playing. And San Francisco is now 13.5-point favorites. A 1.5-point drop from Garoppolo to Lance, but still, when you're almost a two-touchdown point favorite, pretty good odds you're going to win on Sunday. Despite how Davis Mills is playing, which is better than he had earlier this year, I would expect San Francisco to win 28-10. to And I would expect Lance to start at quarterback while Garoppolo heals up. I think... Maybe not entirely, but I do think to a certain degree Shanahan is kind of posturing here saying, and we'll let these Texans team figure out who we're playing quarterback, and boom, here's Lance. But, no more runs up the middle. I do think we might see, not a conservative play calling, but I do think with Kittle back and Ayuk now out of this imaginary doghouse, although there kind of was one, but kind of not one, half in, half out doghouse, uh, Debo, Still healthy, playing great ball. Having Sermon and Mitchell and Wilson likely all back on Sunday. Having the defense a little more intact. If guys like Alshire can play, which likely not, but if Alshire can get healthy, if Greenlaw can maybe come back, which seems likely for next week against the Rams, 
we might see a healthier defense. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe. But definitely a healthier offense outside of Garoppolo. A more intact offense than Lance last played. There's room here for Lance to open that door. I do think a lot less quarterback runs. I do think we see a more improved Trey Lance. Maybe not early in the game as he kind of calms himself down. That adrenaline wears off. But I do think the Niners win 20-10 on Sunday. I do think we see Trey Lance. But let's let's not open that door entirely to a quarterback controversy. And just please, enjoy football. Do not get caught up in the hectic quarterback conversation. We aren't Team Lance. We aren't Team Jimmy. We aren't Team Trent Williams or Tom Compton. <laughs> We're Team 49ers. And winning is all that matters. And before we go today, I, I can't go without saying how awful it is to have heard of the passing of John Madden. As someone who's 25, I grew up playing Madden with my brothers, being introduced to John Madden football by my oldest brother and playing in his room until midnight, early morning someday, hearing John Madden say POW over the video game calls, listening to him and Pat Summerall call primetime games for Fox. Never got to see him coach, but obviously a Hall of Famer. And to me, John Madden can be summed up very easily. To some, he was a head coach. To some, he was a father. To some, he was a teammate. But to all of us, he was a legend. Whether it was broadcasting, again, coaching, playing, as a father, as a video game voiceover. He was one of the, if not the most impactful people in NFL history. His legacy will never, ever be forgotten. Every single generation living right now has been in some way impacted by John Madden. A kind man at heart who cared about players, who wanted people every age, young, old, middle-aged, to learn the game of football. He allowed EA Sports to have old playbooks to educate those who played his games about football. He lived, he breathed, and he will forever live on breathing football. He is now hopefully calling primetime games in heaven with Pat Summerall. As his legacy lives on with Madden Football 23's release probably next year. And likely forever. John Madden is a legend. And he will forever live on in my life, my brother's life my parents' life, and in my kids' future lives. John Madden was a saint of a person. Every story you heard was great about John Madden. And this world will dearly miss someone that left it better than when he came into it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Let's get a win on Sunday. 
whether it's the Texans, whether it's Lance or Jimmy, let's celebrate. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. Leave a like, share, subscribe, leave a review. And until next time, stay faithful. For the much-anticipated Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2006 announcement press conference. Someone says, do you want me to turn this off or turn it down? I go, no, I said, I didn't make it, but let's watch it and see who did make it. John Madden. I didn't come down or, or remember anything for 24 hours. My son happened to have a camera, and he took a picture of that moment. And I don't remember what I look like or what happened, but I just had tingles all over me. I've never been so emotional for so long. I mean, the feeling didn't go away. Today feels like the second time in my life that I'm being carried off the shoulders of others. This has been the sweetest ride of them all.